Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Because we use profits, we use value strategies rather than market. I want to bring that, I want, I want to make bring a real, a true model to the market and that's Kind of what I wanted. That's what made me go and start my own business because I was sick of going and selling something I didn't believe in. That made sense. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump, and in this episode of Property Investory, we continue our conversation with Jeremy Allen founder of property investment company, Equity Creators. Continue listening to learn how Alan gained the courage to start business, the details of his property investment strategy and some helpful advice he'd like to share with fellow investors. While Alan admits that fear is a huge factor in stopping people from investing in property, he claims that it all boils down to taking a leap of faith. Alan did the same when he started his own subdivision business. And look, I, I, I can't put it down to anything but taking a leap of faith. And like, it's it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't um, it it was it was it was nothing more than I had I had a, I had a couple of I had a, I had a few clients that were I had four clients at the time. And um, when I say clients, I mean these were. After a couple of years, I started charging people for, for what I did on the side, that type of thing. And they said to me at the time it was, and I was totally leap faith. Like it was a bit easier than that. I should should declare. But they um, they said to me at the time I'd done a couple of deals for them in, in the over over about three year period, and they're making they're building their portfolio out of it and uh, making a bit of a living out of it. I didn't actually realise what I was doing at the time, but um, I I was actually setting these people's portfolios up. Now I'm making some good money in the end. I didn't actually realise. Um, came to me, they rang me one day, and they'd actually one of them had gotten in touch with another one of my clients. They didn't know each other, but somehow they I'll probably talk about them, or they got the number from somebody else. But two of my clients got together and then came to me and said, "Look, Jeremy, um, we want you to do this full time because we we want more property. We you know because I was I was actually at the time I was working as a sales manager." Having people who really believed in him to succeed in property investing gave Alan the push he needed to delve into business full time. And I really wasn't spending a lot of time on the on the subdivision side of things. And they said, "Look, we've got this much money. Um, we'll give that to you in advance if you leave your job and do this full time." And when a, when the client says that to you, it's it it wasn't the money that did it in the end. It was like shit. These people believe in me that much. They're going to give me this much. Like these are just clients. Give me this much money up front if I leave my job and go and do this full time for them. And that was then the beginning of my business because um, I, I couldn't, 
I couldn't morally say no to that. Like for someone to have that much faith in me, it was, um, I was, I was, I was, I gave me goosebumps, you know, like it was the, so I, I thought to myself, well, did some numbers, of course. Yeah. Okay. We can do this. So that's when I, that's when I went into my, my business, but it was, it was, it was, um, what, what made me do it? What was the, the, the catalyst though for all this to happen first? I wanted to, I knew I could, I knew I could deliver to the market I could deliver to property investors what they were trying to achieve in buying in other, other types of strategies. So these people that were going and buying in growth markets and this type of thing, I, I don't want to go, won't get into the, the negative of it, but I know why there's uh, articles in magazines and things like this that tell people what, mar- what markets are going to rise. Now, that's not necessarily tr- all true, and, but it's not exactly false either. But so, so, I, th- I knew I could go and I could go and give somebody if somebody wanted to buy a property, they wanted to make their money back, get enough cash, get the cash back, so they could then repeat the process next year, and then the year after, year after, year after, then go into a debt reduction type strategy. I could do that. I could do that. With these clients backing him up, Alan hopes to build an investment model independent of the market's actions. I wanted to bring to the market um, a model <clears throat> that actually worked. And that you could actually control. So you can, because we, when we do our numbers, we don't, we don't use the market at all. We don't use market growth numbers at all because you just can't tell what they are. We work in, we work in the in growth markets, but I don't read the magazines and find out where they are. I go do my own research, and and the what I do know is that the model we use. Um, if the market were to do nothing over the next eight years, the client would still be able to retire on what they want to retire on. We still make money and they still want to retire on what they want to retire on. So, because we use profits, we use value strategies rather than market. So, so I want to bring that. I want to. I, I want to make bring a real, a true model to 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 the market, and that's kind of what I want. That's what made me go and, and start my own business because I was sick of going and selling something I didn't believe in. That made sense. For his most memorable mentor, Alan still appreciates the advice he'd received from the people he met working at Ray White. He was he was amazing. He he was still today. I still still talk to him today. But if I have a um, I've got a, got, a, got something I need to know. If, I, if I'm stuck for an answer, I'll bring Sam. He's um he's fantastic. You know he he's one of the guys. I know a lot. I've met a lot of people in the industry. Um, through a lot of people who, right at the time, it was Pulse Property and it was Blue Wealth that type of thing, but. I admit a lot of those guys, he's, he's one guy that anyone can go to. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who you are. You can go to him and he will, he will give you time. Like, he, he's, he's a great guy. Like he, he's all about negotiating. He, he taught me how to negotiate, that guy. Yeah. The best advice Alan's ever received comes from his late mother who taught him how to be patient when it comes to the business side of things. To be about patience, it would be from... Um, my mother, I think, before she passed away. But um, she was uh, she was quite a good businesswoman herself. So, dad was a business person. She was a businesswoman. Um, but um, I think dad was more go get it now, right? So that's kind of where my attitude came from, like the <clears throat> the uh, go get it now type attitude. Mum was more um, look. She was uh, aggressive, but not but in a passive sense. If that makes sense. So she was um, she was very much 
look, set things up, <clears throat> set things up, just nurse them along, and uh, it'll happen when it's ready to happen. And I, I didn't, I didn't really take that attitude into business until oh, probably about five years ago, and um, I learnt how much, how much more powerful that is, where because you spend a lot of time. If you're going hell for leather at something or you're really after something, you can actually fuck it up quite quickly too. And it's and rather than say, okay, on to the next opportunity, if you if you nurse an opportunity into into place um, and just and just uh, just lightly make sure it's still going ahead, when it happens and you have these relationships with other people, I'm talking about business, uh, in a business type situation, and these relationships with other people, it's a lot more enjoyable. Alan has also learned to work on his business relationships with his team and form a healthy work environment within his company. When I go to a new state around Australia, so we're in a new state around Australia every about two, two and a half years because the market changes. So, so when I go to a new state around Australia, I've got to set up a new team, right? So I've got to set up a new uh, builder, all this, all the people are involved in the transaction. Now, when I first started this, I if I didn't get what I wanted the first first call round, I just I would burn them and just go on the next one, right? And it's amazing what you find when you kind of take yourself out of your own zone and um and understand understand business from their perspective. Um, the Reality of the situation, someone's not operating to what the level I need, the reality of the situation is often very different to what I would envisage. So I suppose what that talk, that, that's the best advice that um, I've ever received because my relationships now in business are, are, are fact, like we, it's like we've been working together for years. You know, and it's, 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 it's really smooth. It's very, I don't, I don't, I don't put things out of tender to a million builders. I just work with one builder, one, one, one group of people. And that's my team. And um, we, we have a great time. It's, we enjoy doing it. You know, it's fun. Alan always prefers to hire team members with good work ethic, even if their rates are more expensive than others. Rather than go for cheapest, just go for best. And that's what we do. So we, we would pay more. We would pay more than the average person. But we get great. Like, I do everything. I, don't, I, I count on my one hand. I can't tell you how many sites I've done over the years. I can count on one hand the number of sites I've actually gone and visited and seen. So I don't like to see sites. I don't like to visit them. I don't like to don't like to because um, then it become when I see a site it becomes it becomes about site and not about the numbers. And yeah, I have far more success when I just work on numbers. So but when I I so by doing that I need some good people on the ground that um, that feed me feed me um, uh, feed me data and and to do that you've got to pay. And we 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 got to pay more than the asking price. But I tell you, I've done cheap, and I've done average, and I've done good, right? And I would go for good every time. So because the it's, it's not about it's not about the money. It's the time. It's time. Times. I think time is over is underrated as uh, as an investment as an investment. It's time will cost you far more money, far more money than you can ever imagine. Far more, right? If you don't set, if you don't have your timing correctly, um, money's nothing. It's it, when you, uh, it, when it's when it comes down to it, and you work out why something didn't go according to plan, I guarantee you can put t- you, can, you can blame it on time. 
Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Alan's property investing strategy where he shares the essential qualities to potential investment properties. Each site has to be its own self-sufficient entity, if that makes sense. And and I set portfolios up that way. It's no no two no two sites are funded by the same funder. No two sites are um, are, uh, are cross securitized. They're not they're not paying for another site. Some advice he'd give to young aspiring property investors on taking on big deals. So I find myself doing the same, not the same numbers, the different numbers, but the same concept, same concept. Cash in, cash out, um, maintain itself. The two life-changing books that have helped him succeed in both life and property investment. But when I went and read that book, it actually taught me that um, you allow you, you allow yourself a lot more creativity time with your mind if you are in a process. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Property Investory. Looking at buying or investing in property, unsure of where and what to buy, many investors in the community have raised these questions frequently. That's why I've created a property sourcing service to help investors like yourself find investment opportunities at wholesale prices to add to your new or existing portfolio. I'm currently accepting expressions of interest. To apply, visit propertyinveststory.com.au. Now back to the show. Alan's property investing strategy is heavily based around time and being able to hold an independent property with the most favorable circumstances any period of time. When it comes down to timing, as I was saying before, I suppose um, what it comes, what, what, where, what I'd look for in a in a in a deal is um, you can make you can make anything work. Right? Anything can work. Anything can can. When I say work, it will it will make you money. It come. I suppose. What I do on a daily basis, so I, if you look at a piece of property and <clears throat> and you say to yourself, right, let's just say an average average site, you go and buy it, you you, you exchange any contracts, you go unconditional, and then you you know settle in six weeks or whatever, you develop it, hold it, sell it, refinance it, whatever you want to do. <clears throat> now, if you take that process and um, and let's say we so talking about a property that's five hundred thousand dollars for argument's sake. Um, now, ask to ask the agent: Will the vendor accept a six-month um, a six-month uh, settlement? Yes or no? Maybe. Okay, might have to throw another ten, fifteen thousand dollars at them, right? But okay, so now what we've done is we've got right, we've delayed settlement. During that, now we've got to set up our our builder and our surveyor and all the guys that are going to get involved in in developing that property. We've got permission off those people to be able to develop that property in the meantime in the contract. Um, <clears throat> What I'm looking for is I'm looking for I'm looking for people that are happy to accept a bit more at the back end, um, if if uh, they can carry the weight on the way through. So I'm trying to avoid finance for starters, and I'm trying to avoid um, I'm trying to avoid owning that property for a long time. When you, you're talking big sites, it's you know like options and things like that. They don't they can't. They're very hard to use for Mr. and Mrs. Smith's house, three-bedroom red brick house up the road. You know what I mean? So, so um, what I what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to look at what the profit is, um, even 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 if it's even if it's something, 
Um, being able to buy a property, develop it, sell it, or keep it and refine whatever you want to do, for no, for no money down is 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 a pretty good deal. <clears throat> and and but that's that's just one thing. If we go back to the stock standard um, stock standard um, way people buy things, so let's say you you, you, didn't, you don't know, so just say you're the top person who hasn't got time to go and put that sort of team together. Well, always, 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 always. I'm making sure that I can hold that property. The property, well, each each site, each property. When I say property, each site. If we turn a site into three or two, that lot of three or two is maintaining itself. It's a, it's its own entity, right? So you can't you can't use one property to pay for another or prop things up that way. Every if every 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 property. This is why I keep going back to numbers. Alan makes sure that each of his property investments are self-sufficient by constantly crunching the numbers and evaluating the market conditions. Each site has to be its own self-sufficient entity, if that makes sense. And and I set portfolios up that way. It's no no two no two sites are funded by the same funder, no two sites are um, are, uh, are cross securitized, they're not they're not paying for another site. Um, I don't use people's incomes to to prop up cash flow, so everything needs to be self-sufficient. And and um, when when I the the goal of all that is um, is so that when we get to a period where their gross cash flow is equaling what they want to retire on, we then go into debt reduction type strategies. But but getting that's the bolts of it. It's really like I, I'll, I'll show you my spreadsheets and they'll they'll blow your mind. There's, there's we use five different spreadsheets for each site we go into, and these each spreadsheets got about five or six different, seven different tabs on it. So, but they're all they're all cross looking at each other and making sure the form, like making sure the numbers are, are going to prop up at the end. We we're constantly like constantly constantly taking down data about market prices. We're looking at um, um, we're looking at uh, volumes of sales in the area. Look, we're looking at we do all that on a daily basis. We're just we're just crunching numbers in the area and making sure that um, there's still profit in it because it's, it's still when a market starts to turn, when a market when a market gets too hot, the profit comes out of the market. So you pro, you max, the most amount of profit you'll ever make is when the market's at its worst, and then once the market starts to heat up, that's when the market that's when the profit starts to detract. So we we want to be out of that market um, before before that starts to happen and into the next market, I should say. So I suppose while we're looking at, we're kind of keeping an eye on the current market, we're looking at the next one as well. Alan advises young and aspiring investors to be more confident in their investing strategies and not be afraid to use their strategies on bigger deals as the concepts remain the same. I would probably say probably say to myself, um, the size of the deal doesn't determine the risk of the of the deal, it doesn't determine the amount of risk. It's um, like the you can go to a ten million dollar site, you can go to a hundred thousand dollar site. The principle is that everything's the same. <clears throat> everything's the same. I I've done my biggest deals I've ever done in the past year and a half, and um, <clears throat> I'm going through the exact same process that I went through when I went through when I bought my very first property, eight, 16, 18 years ago, whenever it was. So. I find myself doing the same, not the same numbers, the different numbers, but the same concept, same concept. 
cash in, cash out, um, maintain itself. And, and, and I would also, that's, that's kind of what I, that's, that's the main, that's the main advice I give myself. It's, it's, it's not, it's not a complicated strategy that I do. It's not, it's not, it's not new. It's not different. It, everyone knows how to do it. Everyone does their own home household budgets. It's just that. That's all it is. It's a household budget for property. <clears throat> but, um, and that's, that's, I, I was, I was 10 years ago. I was, my limit was probably $300,000 was my limit on sites. Um, whereas now it's, there's, I mean, it's kind of no limit really, but, um, if I had done it 10 years ago, yeah, it would be, yeah, far different. In the next few years, Alan is hoping to work more on his individual property portfolio and even has plans to open up coaching centers for less privileged children and provide a future for them. We're doing a lot of our own stuff at the moment too now. Where I was, before, I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of my own stuff. I was, I was, I was doing other people's um, uh, portfolios for them and I kind of just started really ramping up my own. But now... Kind of what we're doing is more than, uh, I suppose, getting into the um, side of things, more than worrying about the property or the portfolio side of things. It's I'm looking at more those people that are kind of not wanting to get, get a portfolio together, but just, we just want to want to return on their money. And we're using I'm, – I'm excited. I, wanted, I want to get together. We have, we have a vision here of, um, of, of creating a model where – I'm just about there, actually, where it doesn't matter how much you earn or, or what you're on. Or, and I want, to, I, want to, I want to gear it towards the my, – my, my passion is kids, right? So there's a number of homeless kids out there, and, 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 uh, and I, what I'd love to do and what we're going for is I want to create coaching centres where we, we, t- we train, train people who are disadvantaged or haven't had the, the um, luxury of, of – Having a good um, uh, childhood, coach them back into getting confidence back in themselves and, and being able to go out there and, and uh, live back in, 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 a, in, a, in a community or a society and, and act and, and be happy and, and have their own family one day and that sort of thing. So I, want, I wanted to create those sorts of centers. And we have a, we have a plan in place, one in, in Sydney, um, but uh, that's kind of very, very early stages yet, and and I, I really, I'd like to have one of those in each capital city around Australia. That would be that's that's where they that's where we're heading. Alan recommends a few older, more uncommon books for listeners to read, both of which have taught him incredibly valuable life lessons. Look, I suppose there's an old one that I read years and years, years ago. It's called "Eat That Frog," right, by Brian Tracy, and yeah, yeah, you, you read it, yeah. So Eat That Frog was probably the one I've remembered the most throughout my years because what you can take that, that lesson, you can take that lesson into anything you do. Starting a business, you can um, going and jumping into your first property, whatever it is, right? It, 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 it teaches you to just get it done, right? So you, see, you kind of, without, you, you know what you should be doing, but you just don't do it, right? And um, and it's amazing how you feel when you do do it. So rather than focus on what you what you're feeling like doing it, focus on the feeling that you're going to get after you do it, right? So, and that's kind of the I suppose the concept behind it. But um, eat that frog is a good one. Um, another one is You Inc. by um, John McGrath. And I haven't met, read many books, but the ones I've read I, must have been, had to had to be really interesting. You Inc. 
taught me um, <clears throat> taught me that you a lot of people don't a lot of people don't like getting stuck into a routine or process. I was certainly one of those people, right? Because I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, a creative type, visionary, that type of thing. So, uh, vision, um, so process systems aren't my strong point. But when I went and read that book, it actually taught me that um, you, allow, you, you allow yourself a lot more creativity time with your mind if you are in a process. The U Inc. book taught Alan having one simplified goal to work towards is always better than setting too many. It had habit forming, and and it's it's it's. I suppose what it taught me is that you don't you don't need to. A lot of people set goals, a lot of a lot of goals, and um, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is setting too many goals and too many targets in one one hit. It's amazing what you'll, what you'll find if you want to set some personal goals and create. Some, you only need to, you only need to change one of those one a habit of yours, right? In in a year, but that habit you change will flow on to other areas and you'll find your goals get achieved. And you, you'll, you'll, I suppose all it takes is just um, when people become immobilized um, from having, uh, being expected to do too much or whatever the case may be, it's what they put on themselves. And I think what that Ewink taught me was that you don't need to do all this stuff, right? <clears throat> you can simplify it. Simplify it and just have one, one, made, one, one goal you work on each day and, uh, and the others will come. The others will come. That's, that's what Ewing taught me. It was good. For his most contributing personal habit to his success, Alan refers to his photo board in which he keeps track of his daily goals. I've got my, my list of um, my, sorry, my photo board that I, I go through each day, looking at what I want to do next year. And um, I, but I, 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 I look at that, and, um, but I have this, I have a, I don't look too far in advance. The, 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 the long-term goals are just a place to start to work backwards to what I should be doing each day. Um, so I've got, a, um, I've, got a, I've got a saying that I, I like to say, so don't think, don't think about what can happen in a month. Don't think about what can happen in a year. Just focus on the next 24 hours and do, do what you need to do in the next 24 hours to get close to where you need to be. So, so it's, it's and it kind of, because it's too... I find that when I get, if you start looking at um, long-term stuff too much, it becomes about that, and you, you, you miss you miss the daily you miss the, the daily things you should be doing, which then in turn screw up the, the long-term goals. So each day I'm sort of I'm, I'm bringing myself, I'm re I'm refocusing on the on the day and what I need to do now because it's really hard for me to focus on what I should be doing now. For any listener interested in getting to know more about Alan, his business and his investing strategy, feel free to contact him via email. So email is what is best. Um, so that's just uh, Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y at equitycreators.com.au. Thank you to Jeremy Allen, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, visit our website at propertyinvestory.com Simply type in the search bar, Jeremy Allen and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit 
propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.